0: Radio Drama Revival, the show dedicated to stories told the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. Hear your news, reviews, discussion, and of course, story. I'm your host, Brad, and that great theme music is by Roger Gregg of Crazy Dog Audio Theater. And today we are in week two of our feature of Any Other Dublin. It is a series of uh, sort of darkly funny Uh, Character sketches of modern-day Dublin, the post-recession Irish economy, which I guess by default uh, works out to be sort of our St. Patrick's Day uh, programming, which I suppose uh, the, the, the writer in this case might actually find quite funny. I should say that the writer and producer of any other Dublin is Gareth Stack. He is uh, like me a protege of Roger Gregg. Um, and in fact, some of Roger Gregg's music uh, makes it into these sketches. Um, and he has works with a great group of uh, Dublin-based uh, talent, and, you know, both on the cast and crew, and um, it's definitely some people destined for great things. Um, you know, wonderful pool of talent there in in Dublin, and love to hear. Uh, you know, I, I always see Roger has these fantastic shows that he's part of. Um, of course, I'm not going to go over there to see many things happen in theater, uh, but to hear some of, of this really innovative uh, uh, radio theater make it across the pond. Uh, really excited and really excited to be sharing it with you. So I hope you enjoy uh, the next two installments of any other Dublin. Uh, today, we've got two more uh, pieces. This is episode three has Julita Rinberger, a young Irish writer. Um, struggling to find her creative talents in the modern universe us and then uh sean's alternative uh sean who is a new man social activist uh raw food vegan and training well uh, you'll hear what sean is up to in that piece uh, two more pieces from any other dublin hope you enjoy um this piece that was originally put on by the broadcast authority of ireland hope you enjoy this program was made with the support of the broadcasting
1: authority of ireland
2: Get a grip, Charlie. You're only 19 and you're already fetishizing your childhood.
3: I just miss being a kid, having no responsibilities, running free in the fields, feeling footloose all the time.
4: Are you sure it's being a child you're missing? Because that sounds more like
1: life is a foal.
3: Oh, that's good. Mind if I'll steal it? I'm working in the scene where Silmarillion, the powerful stallion leader of the Centaurians, is, like, mocking the schoolgirl crash of Mary Luanne, who's been teleported to Centaur. Enough! You don't want to hear how I'm going to use your slag in my story?
2: Oh totes love, just don't want to spoil the surprise when I get to read it in hardback.
3: I'm oh, but that could be ages away. <laughs>
2: I'll just have to develop superhuman patience I suppose.
1: Yelita, an aspiring writer, burlesque dancer and seamstress, lives with best friend Sebastian, a graphic designer in the hipster hideaway of Dublin's Stoney Better.
3: I was one of the first girls I know to read Stephanie and one of the first girls I know to realize how terrible she's
5: gotten.
2: She even gave me her Team Jacob poster.
3: That's not a thing. I mean, Jacob was so much more fleshed out in the books.
2: He still seems pretty fleshed out to me.
3: Hey, hey Lord British. Oh, aren't you a cutie, aren't you? Yes, you are. These days, I'm all about the classics. Anne Rice, Damon Knight, and I'm just getting into this old dude called Stephen King, who was like incomprehensibly famous back in the day. Between 5 and 10 minutes and you could win a prize! No, I'm afraid not, <laughs> that'd be lovely though, wouldn't it? It's a tour of the ruins of the Waterford Crystal Factory, including one night in a 3 star b and
6: um,
3: I don't think that's included, but I suppose you could always just sneak him into the room. Uh, great, let's get started. Let me see... Uh, how many head of cattle would you say you have on the farm right now? Oh, okay, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, and did foot and mouth saturate the other herds? It means, did they catch it? I've been on the phones two years now. It's not the sort of job where my friends. It's mostly just you and the person you're calling. You can't even text. Don't tell my supervisor. But I play these little games to pass the time. Like, if no one's listening in, I'll pick an obscure word and, like, try to squeeze it into every second call. So that's 52 acres arable and 16 with the herd on it. Would you say any of them are (laughs) obstreperous? Oh, you know, troublesome. (laughs) No, of course, I appreciate that. No, you're right. I... Yes, of course. I'll get him now. Hold one moment, please.
6: All lines are busy.
3: Please hold. This is the manager speaking. How can I help you? That is completely disrespectful. I'll have her sacked immediately, or my name's not Bartleby Saint Clair the Third. Way. Yes, way. The snake was like right up there. And she didn't scream or anything. Not at all. She just sort of had this look on her face like she was trying to telepathically communicate with a vase.
1: It's Saturday morning and Yolita is hard at work at her second job, taking care of her stall at the DrumCondra Steampunk Market. Um,
6: I wonder, do you have this in a 22? Oh, yep, yep. 22 got it here, love. Oh, fantastic. Have you got somewhere I can try it on?
3: Ah, sorry, chicken. The corsets are considered underwear, so I can't let you put it on before you buy it. No returns either.
6: Ah, it's lame,
3: I know. But we had this one lady who left a crust in the
6: cleavage. I can confirm it was not pretty. How dare you? I do not have... a scabby bosom. Oh no, of course. And we want to believe you.
3: But I'm sure you'll appreciate that's exactly what you would say if, you know,
6: you did have frosted tips. who oh. will come back soon. So, are you looking forward to Friday? I'd be more so. I'm pretty
3: chill, I think. I mean, it's not like the first time I've performed or anything. No, but you haven't done the full Monty before, right? Sorry, girls. Um, would you have this in a black? I'm not so much worried about that. It's more about chafing. Absolutely, pet. It'll look stunning on you. It's for my husband.
5: I can't wait to see you up there spinning about in your birthday suit. I could never do it. I get queasy just looking at wire work. Oh, it's top
3: safe. They just install this mad big hook in the ceiling. I'm sure it'll look great on him,
5: pet. Would you like that gift wrapped? What? Why? What if the ribbon thing goes? I mean, what if it slips and, like, slices your hob knobs off? For your husband? So
7: it'll be a surprise? He's not going to be the one wearing it. I knew you had a filthy mind just looking at those dreadful tattoos. Um, Do you take laser? Absolutely, love. Just ran your card right between my cheeks. I suppose (laughs) you think that's funny, do you? You young people disgust me. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Move along.
4: Still. I could. Pass the dressing, will you please, darling? And eat something, for Bahuala's
8: sake.
3: <sighs> he's fine. And yes, of course he's still gay. What do you think?
5: It was a temporary hiccup? Dropped wind? Well, you were both very young. When you moved in, your father and I were afraid that maybe something romantic was on the cart. <laughs> your father and I just worried that you don't have a direction. Towards the fulfillment of marriage Mm. Yeah, that would probably Because I can't imagine anything worse
4: Yolita, Yolita Darling, you are still a child You don't know what you want You're just getting caught up in this Western obsession with self-desires That's part of your quest To find your own unique path
1: Yolita's mother and father Are recent converts To the Baha'i faith a growing religious minority in Ireland.
3: With all due respect, Dad, I know my path. My path involves emigrating to London, SAA humanly be, living in Camden and writing for Colly House magazine. I'll have two boyfriends, and neither of them will be my
5: bloody husband. (laughs) Oh, how controversial.
4: (laughs) You might need to get one boyfriend first, Yodita, before you start getting ambitious.
5: Oh, you're unbearable, the pair of you.
3: I feel like you don't deserve to hear my big news.
5: I knew it. You've lost weight. I told your dad, didn't I, Arthur? I said Jolie has definitely lost weight.
4: Yes, you said. I heard you with my ears.
5: (laughs) I've actually gained like eight pounds, but that's
3: not my news.
4: Well, you certainly don't look it.
3: I've got a meeting with a publisher. Mm
4: -hmm. I mean, maybe three or four, but definitely not eight.
3: Didn't you hear me? Have you any idea what a big... This is—it's like my life's dream to become a writer, and it could be happening right this
5: minute.
4: Well, not before dessert. I hope we don't want you losing any more weight.
5: Earth to mom and dad—we heard you, pet. It's just we don't want you to get your hopes up again. Yes,
4: yes, you're always putting so much pressure on yourself. Remember when you tried out for Riverdance after only three weeks of ballet classes? at that time you made sixty paintings in a month to try and get into the Racha exhibition? I'm sure your uh, horse stories are wonderful, but they might not be to everybody's taste.
5: What your dad means is that we know you'll get there eventually, but it won't be the end of the world if it's not this very minute.
3: (sighs) The pair of you are going to feel very silly when
5: you walk into Waterstones and see my face staring back at you. Now that you mention it, we both think you'd be much happier working in a bookshop than that dreadful call center.
4: Yes, that would be nice, wouldn't it, Zaychukmoy? Ah... You could get us discounts on books. By the way, have you said your obligatory prayer today yet?
5: Uh, how many times have I told you I am Wiccan? Uh, that's nice, Pet, but you should really say your prayers. Even if you don't believe in the Creator, she believes in you. Yes. Bagulah! <laughs> Bagulah!
4: Come on, David. It's important. Put your knife out. Bagulah!
1: It's the night of Yelita's first big burlesque performance, but a mix-up with the bookings means she might not get her shot. Uh, Roland says they're just
9: gonna leave it open after the show starts.
6: can not you get Mark to talk to them? But, but, Mr. Alicia, I've been practicing all month. I even baked this lemon meringue to share with all the other acts. Oh, well, aren't you a sweetie? We'd definitely love to have you on, just not this week, one. Let me get through the show and then I'll check my phone and get back to you with the date in a few months, yeah?
1: It's no use, they're
6: all tangled up like. Oh, I have to talk to them myself. But I have friends coming. I've been telling everyone I'm performing all week. I-, I made a Facebook event and everything. Well, I hope your friends are already inside. We're jammers. I'm having to turn folks away. Don't worry though, I might be able to sneak you into a seat in the back once one or two people leave. Deirdre, gorgeous! You're devilishly late, Hun. Get backstage this minute. Oh, on my way. Right after I guess the little girls room Up the stairs on the left, hurry, hurry, hurry (laughs) But but you offered me this pot weeks ago You specifically told me you wanted to meet in the show Excuse me Jolita, I didn't offer you anything I said we'd love to have you, does that sound like a formal offer to you? (sighs) Did you receive your gilded invitation Travia via Parcel Express? Well, n- no. Did one of our talent liaison staff contact you? Well, I just assumed that being asked to perform meant you were, you know, asking me to perform. But that was pretty naive of you now, wasn't it? Mistress, any chance you could find five minutes within schedule? I've got something fabulous I've been working on with Rupert Fredenborough. Mm, for you, darling, anything. Get yourself into hair and makeup ASAP. Does Rupert need any special food well, or anything? Uh, but, but you haven't even seen my aunt! Really, Jolita, you're being really immature. I offered to try and get you a seat, which is more than fair. Oh, for God's sake, don't start crying. This is incredibly embarrassing. I'm embarrassed for you. Um, I'm not crying. I'm just allergic um, to Rupert. Right. All these emotions are making me really uncomfortable, so I'm just going to go inside um, and enjoy the show and try to pretend you haven't acted like a spoiled baby. But um, <laughs> <With> Mrs. <Mistress> Alicia! <laughs> Stop. not a word. Thanks for the meringue. I'm sure everyone will enjoy a slice. Uh, hello, Bridie. Oh my goodness now that is a
1: costume. <laughs> my god, you're Lolly Divine, aren't you?
3: Have we met?
1: Not quite.
2: I just heard about the tantrum you threw outside the flayed gown last night. Everyone in Panty Bar was talking about it. Ixney on the own Glade. You
3: heard what?
2: I hear you were screaming at the hostess, demanding to be led on stage. Such a diva. Oh, here uh, we go.
3: Are you freaking kidding me? First, they invite me to perform, and then turn me away at the door because some cow the organizer's friends with took my slot. Then they send me all these horrible messages on Facebook, calling me all sorts of names, telling me I'm crazy, and now apparently Mistress Alicia is slandering me to all of Dublin.
2: And oh, whoa there crazy face, take a chill pill.
3: Take a chill pill, sorry mid- nineties Arachiano, <laughs> I am <sighs> not in the mood to bloody chill Johnny on. Nice. Oh, I can't believe you're taking his side. You know I didn't flip out.
4: Like you're not flipping out right now.
1: Is it true that they had to physically restrain you from flogging each other?
3: I'm five foot two.
1: Probably didn't take too much of them to restrain you then.
3: <laughs> I hate you! I hate you. Oh, of you! Shawty,
2: oh, don't be like that. It's like Liz Tyler and her heyday. <laughs> or Taylor even.
3: <laughs> so there are two separate tribes of centaurs. N- no. They're all one tribe, but there's two families. Well, there are other tribes, but they don't really come into it until the third book. I, I guess I just don't really understand
7: why they go to school with the heroine.
3: Well, it's kind of complicated because there's an um, interdimensional rift, but we're also dealing with the draftman's curse. Uh huh.
7: It's more the whole. People not noticing that they have hooves and tails and such. Oh, well, that's a, uh, mm, that's part of their magic that the Mundanes can't see. But wouldn't they be too tall to fit into the classrooms? Never mind sit at a desk. And readers are bound to ask themselves what the 300-year-old leader of a proud race of centaur men would see in a secondary school girl in the first place. You have to admit, that age gap is pretty creepy... And that's not even taking into account the whole horse-dating-a-girl business.
3: Sil Marillion is a centaur. <sighs> I get it. You hate my work. Why did you even ask me up here if you didn't want to publish it? It's not
7: that we don't like your writing, Jolita. We definitely see potential in you. We think you'd make a fantastic addition to our roster of young female authors. We'd just like to see you do something a little more Irish. (laughs) But I'm Latvian. Well, exactly. And we're really interested in what you have to say about being an 18 to 25-year-old Latvian girl in modern Ireland. Falling in love, going on holidays with the girls, fighting over boys, all that stuff. We have a few ideas in mind if you can't come up with anything yourself. You can always come back to the elves and all that nonsense once you're established. Chicklet. You want me to write lit? We prefer the term Young Adult Romance. I'd think long and hard before you turn this chance down, Jolita. There aren't a lot of people, period,
3: getting published right now. No, I, I know. And I really appreciate even getting this meeting.
7: Great. Well, tell you what. Let me bring you round the building and introduce you to Marie, our Kindle editor. She can talk you through some of the series that are really hot right now. Has she even read my work? Oh, Marie's super busy, Delita. But I'm sure she'd be very happy to listen to all your ideas. Just not about the centaurs.
1: This programme was made with the support of the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland.
10: So myself and some of the other clowns were hoping to put on a show. It'll be a mime version of Les Mis. I'll be playing the part of Jarve and also the parts of Fontaine and Sean Og Valjean. And there'll be six other guys playing several roles each. We'll all be shaving our heads and wearing Bouton makeup, and the show will end with an improvised hacker style dance.
1: Sean Og Crew, age 35 is a volunteer at the Consensus-based art centre Sarspace. A long-time political activist, amateur clown, psychonaut and raw food vegan, Chinook is a well-known member of Dublin's alternative community.
2: Okay, so does anyone have an issue with a silent all-male musical featuring clowns? Uh, go ahead, Bridge.
7: Um, with all due respect to Sean O'G, this sounds like a steaming pile of cisgender, heteronormative, white male privilege.
2: Yeah. Well, what would you suggest instead, then, darling?
7: Well, um, I think at the very least there should be one female-identified person involved.
10: If you'd like to take part, Bridge, as long as you don't mind shaving your head and dressing like a clown, it's just
7: I don't think uh... I don't want to sound like negative, Nelly Sean O'G, but um, I think you're just placing roadblocks with the whole shaved clown thing.
2: Right. I, uh, I don't know, Sean Forcing a woman to shave her head. Well, I suppose we could
10: just use ball caps.
7: Great. In that case, I think my friend Kleena would be perfect. I just text her and she's totally up for it.
10: Go ahead, Sean Oog. Kleena's absolutely welcome. Uh, do you know if she has any clowning experience? Actually, she's a soprano. Does she know it's a silent thing, right? Like, with no singing? She's pretty big on singing,
7: Sean Ogue. That's what she does. She's an opera singer. Ah, yeah,
10: so
2: there's been a proposal, right? Then we go ahead with the all-male clown mime of La Meuse. Except with the addition of a female opera singer.
9: So... Anyone have any issues with that? Oh, I that. Sorry, <laughs> I just oh. came in the middle there. Here, um, I just wanted to point out that uh, you need to pay like a license fee, I think, if you want to produce a popular musical. Uh, welcome, Camille, that's a really good point. Uh, Chinook, have you
2: guys paid the license fee? Well, Freddie, uh, that's one of the main reasons we're doing it as a mine. <sighs> Anyone got a proposal to uh, square the circle?
9: My mate, Annie is in a new metal band. Absolutely savage. Yeah, go ahead, Shinner. What's new metal band got to do yeah, with it? Annie the... and the boys are looking for a place to play. I'd say it'd be well if I work working with an opera singer. Just like what's her name? Effervescent. Clean, I will
10: be tote psyched. Sorry, I just don't see how that will work. Are you blocking Bridget and Ian's proposal, Shinner? <laughs> Well, not exactly. It's just that I was suggesting a mime of Les Mis, which has somehow turned into a new metal opera.
2: Okay, well, listen, would you rather to pull out of the project or... Yeah, go ahead, Bridget pips
7: I agree with Sean Oak. I don't see his mimes contributing a lot to the gig. Well, not unless they could do lighting or something. Plus, they sound pretty sexist.
8: Yeah.
7: Yeah. But but we're only
2: all male because... Uh, Put up your hand if you want to speak
9: I gonna like a 30 piece drum kit I don't see it working with that many people on stage
2: Yeah well is
9: that okay Sean I oh, know yeah, you're keen
2: on the Miami bitch
10: It was a completely different fucking idea
2: Okay cool in the entire gang So it looks like we're having our first new metal feminist opera gig Pay attention! Let's find a time to schedule for that Okay what's next?
7: How was your day, honey?
10: You know how my day was. You were there, Reej.
7: You know I can't pay attention to you all the time at the space, Sean.
10: <sighs> yeah, well, you paid attention just long enough to block any chance of my musical going ahead.
7: Poor Didums. What would you like for dinner? We have Linda McCartney sausages, faking bacon or cheating chicken.
10: Do we have any of that carrot mousse left?
7: No, Sean Oak. You ate that in your sleep last night.
10: Uh, fake bacon i guess Chinook
1: and partner Breed live together with seven others in an intentional community or squat on Gardener Street The pair have been romantically involved for 5 years and Chinook is hoping to take their relationship
10: to the next level well. I was thinking... Try not to hurt yourself, Petal. I was thinking we could maybe mm? see someone about mm? about our problem.
7: What problem is that, Petal?
10: You know, our, our nookie issue.
7: Sean Oak, we don't have a nookie issue. I just don't want to sleep with you.
6: Can you pass the maple syrup?
10: And, of course, you're quite entitled to... Uh, I mean, the, the last thing Split I would want out, to... it out, Sean Oak. I guess what I was trying to say... The whole not sleeping together What business, about it? It's become kind of an issue for me.
7: Well, you should probably deal with that then, shouldn't you? This new almond bacon tastes really real, doesn't it? I think Sean Oag didn't really grasp when we got together the realities of dating an asexual person. I suppose the truth is that I was only coming to terms with it myself and maybe I didn't tell him or whatever. But you know, Sean Oag's really you know, made his bed now and I'm sure as hell not going to lie in it.
10: What if we just went to see someone once or twice, just, just to see if there was other possibilities, you know, like, I don't know, compromises we could both make. Well,
7: I don't know what more you want, Sean Og. I bought you that thing for Christmas, didn't I? Be a good boy and handle the washing up, won't you?
10: I need more intimacy, or even, you know, a little bit now and again.
7: Is this about Michelle? <laughs> I had another dream you cheated on me with her. I feel like, I feel like it
10: wasn't just a of dream. Of course not! You're being paranoid, love. Don't gaslight me, Sean. You guys did it, didn't you? Honey, that's not what I'm talking about. I think
6: it is. I think maybe you wish you Uh, were with her. Of
10: course not, darling. That was a terrible, terrible relationship.
7: Terribly physical.
10: Breed is the most amazingly special person I've ever dated. I know sometimes she comes across a little uh, little insecure, but she's super political and so smart. I mean, I can't even pronounce her PhD.
7: Frequency of M287B single nucleotide T57B genetic polymorphism phenotypic genotypic correlates.
10: Thanks, sweetie. Where was I?
7: You were just saying how much you miss your ex.
10: I suppose a lot of people are surprised to find out the goal of therapy isn't to fix them.
3: What do you mean? What else would it be?
10: I'm sensing you're upset.
3: Can you answer the bloody question? What's the point of paying for all this therapy if it's not going to make me feel any better?
10: Well, let's talk about that, Jolita. What are some of your goals for treatment?
1: Chinook has almost completed his training as a psychotherapist and has begun working with clients whom he sees at his home in the squat.
10: In a way, the chair is the only part of my life where I feel completely in control. When I sit down and turn the clock so that I can tell when the session's going to be over and I put on my especially woolly jumper, I'm the expert. I'm the boss. I have all the answers.
3: Goal one, not to be so screwed up. Goal two, be less screwed up. How exactly are you going to help me with that?
10: So if I'm understanding you correctly, it's important for you to feel less uh, screwed up.
3: You're literally just repeating back what I'm saying.
10: You don't feel like I'm listening to you.
3: Well, are you?
10: God, you know, I think I've wanted to work in mental health ever since I watched Silence of the Lambs with my best friend Clarice. Afterwards, we stayed up all night playing doctor and patient. Because Clarice got to be Dr Lecter. I had to be Clarice because it was all VHS. But I guess... You could say at the end of the day, I was the one that got to munch down on her for real. And what would you say to your wife, if she could hear you now? Sure she can't hear me, she's dead. I think it's important for you to deal with those feelings, to try and talk to Helen. Oh hello, Helen is that you? That's it, go on, try and speak to her as if she was right there in the room. Helen, can you hear me Helen? Are you there?
2: You stupid ghost car! What's that? No! I will not leave chocolate on your grave, you cheating fat pig! I sense you feel a little silly talking to Helen. No sherbert, Sherlock. Good job there, crowbarring open my skull. For your next trick, why don't you try actually failing something?
9: Do you really think you can build that? I don't see why not. All we need is a couple of them autonomous aerial vehicles and a couple of cameras and I can rob an iPad. I'm pretty sure
7: I could wire it up. We do more complicated stuff at my lab every day. Guys,
10: I'm not sure that spying on the trike with a drone is the best idea.
1: It's Tuesday and Chinook is back in SAR space and the volunteers are enjoying some quiet time.
9: Yeah, what's the matter, Sonog? I'm uh, afraid he can't, yeah? Frady, Ka- yeah. <laughs> Sean, look,
7: um, if this is about our relationship, it's really not the time, okay?
10: For God's sake, guys! You're openly talking about terrorism! This is not what a community art space is all about!
9: How oh, would you know you're blatant hamster?
10: Whoa, steady on
9: now! I'll we'll tell you what's terrorism. Selling off me for to a bunch of corrupt fadness, that's terrorism! <laughs> 45 cl- percent youth unemployment. Well, what was that love?
7: Ian, the latest figures from the CRO are thirty percent.
9: Thirty percent youth unemployment. That's terrorism. The secret of meetings to cut me pension
10: and me healthcare. That's terrorism. You know, you know what I mean? All I'm saying is, this could get us shut down. What are we going to find out? We couldn't just learn in the paper. It's just it's showing off.
7: How about what you are made of, Sean O'G? Maybe we'll find that out.
2: From what we hear, Shanauke, you're not much of a man anyway.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sweet. O'Connell Street. 200 euro, please. You had to know this was coming.
10: I just can't believe you waited until now to tell me this. Is this about my needs? Because I don't need my needs. I was being incredibly selfish. Y- you've only one hotel on there, that's like 50-odd more. Come
7: on, we both know that's not fair to either of us. You have your unreconstructed misogynistic cravings of the flesh and I have a whole world to explore now that i am finished my PhD. Em um, that's actually one hotel standing in for four hotels. I've more properties than there are little buildings.
10: Wait, you've finished your dissertation? I thought you had, like, another year to go.
7: Eight. Sweet. Community chest. Well, my supervisor says my thesis is good enough already. I just had a paper accepted into cell on Wednesday. Plus, I've had an offer I can't really refuse.
10: You've got your postdoc? That's great. Where is it? Hopefully I can pull some money together and follow you over once I get my client hours done.
7: You've won a beauty contest. Collect 500 euro. (laughs) You remember my friend Tara?
10: Uh, Sure, the one with the vintage mayonnaise shop.
7: It's a vintage recipe mayonnaise shop. Anyway, when I told her I was finishing up, I... Whoa, whoa,
10: whoa! You told Tara before me? She was
7: super excited for me, and she offered to make me her partner, like straight away. We used to experiment with mayonnaise all the time when we lived in Chester. I don't believe it. Community Chest, again.
10: But I love you.
7: An alimony cheque arrives. Collect 1,000 euro. I think you should give Michelle a call. I'm sure she'd be really excited to hear from you.
10: Ah baby, that was like five years ago before we even met. That cannot be a real cat.
7: Well then, you can see if she still shares your feelings. It'll be incredibly romantic. Two lovers rekindling their affections. Nice, I own Botanical Avenue. You owe me 85 euro.
4: You know, you guys are really freaking me out. Shut Shut up, up, Pedro. Pedro. Oh, this is the worst game of Nobody ever.
10: I never set out to betray my friends. It's just that, at the end of the day, I had to balance my values with my responsibilities. I mean, when it's all said and done, I'm a healer, not a revolutionary. In a sense, what is betrayal? I felt like, on a deeper level, I was betraying myself and my own values. <laughs> What the hell?
6: Get out of our arts centre! On, man, eh? out.
2: Get down on my knees! Ow! Get down on the ground, it. son! I won't warn you again! For the tyrant's fear of... <laughs> Anyone else back there?
7: Easy, we're coming
2: out. Th- there's only two of us. God, man! What are you after doing to Ian?
7: They attacked him, Freddy. They attacked him without provocation. You're oh. going to
2: regret this, guard. Go. We're
1: all middle class. Oh. We have solicitors. We're part of an international network of independent... Yeah, yeah,
2: whatever, oh. Occupy. You're a victim of a broken system.
10: Bring him in, O'Rodden. <coughs>
2: Where is it, so? Uh,
10: I think it's in the back there. Sean look at what they did to Ian. I don't
2: see you, jungle. Find Point it out to us.
10: It's in there under the PLO flag. Stay back,
2: Breach. He's working with them.
7: I don't believe it. Say it's not
10: true, Sean Oak.
2: Oh looks like what he was talking about, all right. Some kind of machine.
10: Yeah, and there should also be a bag of cannabis in the kitchen inside the kettle that's not plugged in. Welcome
2: and load them, lads.
10: Hey, hands off the merchandise.
2: I don't believe you, man. I just don't believe you. You know,
7: you could have been a man, Shonog, and now you're just another narc.
10: With the fraternising, you to Best of luck with the visa, Bridge. Tell me, do they serve any after-dinner mayonnaise in that shop in Bushwick? What? Because I just gave you your just desserts.
7: I'm so glad I never slept with you.
10: I wouldn't say that I feel good about what I had to do. But a time comes when you just have to grow up. When you have to put the greater good before your own selfish needs. And if they happen to be the same, well, that's even better. And Breach? I mean, i would always love Breach, but facts are facts. She was an absolute...
4: <coughs> uh, Sean Ogue, I don't want to interrupt, but... Um, Go ahead, Peter. Well, can I
10: talk now? Absolutely, I'm listening.
4: Well, I just wanted to ask you, how do you fire your therapist?
0: Right, and that was some more of the piece Any Other Dublin. Uh, currently one of my favorite uh, discoveries this year in Radio Drum Revival. Hope you've enjoyed it as well. Uh, two more pieces uh, to complete that saga uh, next week. And there is a little bit of a racy piece that is uh, related to the uh, a- uh, uh, writer that you learned about in the first piece. Um, I'm going to play her little sketch about the Santora next um does have some naughty words so perhaps uh, uh this is a good time to turn it off you have got kiddies listening um anyways we'll be back next week here in radio drama revival more programming of course at radio drama revival.com find us on twitter at Radiodrama um on facebook facebook.com forward slash radio drama revival until then keep your mind and ears open thanks for tuning in and have a great week
1: The Chronicles of Centauria Book 1, A Girl Transformed, by Yolita Greenberger, Chapter 1 A horse is a horse, of course, of course, or is he?
3: Silmalarian, high hoof of the great herd of the Silver Plains, fourth main master of his name, flight of Fetlock and glib of Gab, proud of shank and staunch of Withers, fierce-hearted prince of the ancient race known throughout Centauria as Equus Magnificus, sat in Mrs. Felt's Witch's biochemistry class and stared out of the window. His face a mixture of boredom and of handsomeness. Alone at her isolated desk at the back of the classroom, where she had been exiled by the cruel jibes of the trendies and the plastics, who ruled her school like an empire of cool, a kingdom of funk, if funk was still cool, but it's not, though they knew it and she didn't, Mary Luan, the least popular girl, not only in her school but possibly the universe, literally dropped her jaw onto the floor. What the hell? she thought. Why is there a centaur sitting in my class? The new guy is half horse. Silmalarian whinnied softly. When would he find the human mate he had been sent to earth to seek? pulled from his loving home in the foothills of Magnesia through the interdimensional rift to this strange world of boy bands and iPhones like the eldest son of each generation of his family every generation for 12,000 years before him. These earth girls could not hold the interest of the 300-year-old prince of a proud race of centaur men. Besides, he thought, ignoring the simple human biochemistry on the blackboard, most of which he learned as a toddler of 50. He just wanted to stay here in Bushwick High and party. Mr. Clydesdale, said Mrs. Feltwitch, cutting through his thoughts like a spur pierces the flank of a once-free stallion. I hope you're paying attention to my biochemistry class. But he wasn't. For Silmalarian had caught the eye of Mary Luan, a girl who had almost no idea she would soon travel to Centoria to become Lady Queen of the Centaurians. What the actual fuck, she thought to herself. He is absolutely equilicious. But love was briefly a one-way stable. For Silmalarian could see nothing of interest in this most mundane of the mundane this callow girl with her homemade gingham dress and her two lazy eyes, each competing to be the most lackadaisical, as though her face were a job in a factory and they were in a union. Her hair resembled straw. Not good fresh, tasty straw, but old yellow straw like you might find after deflating a bouncy castle you've set up for the summer, weirdly stained with things crawling on it so that you have to call around to the neighbours and apologise and hire a Mexican to plant new grass. That kind of straw. She was a big girl too. To call her plump would have been to miss a perfect opportunity to use the word fat. Mary Luanne had always been different. She had somehow always felt closer to friends of four legs than of two. And though her mother could never have afforded a pony and their trailer wouldn't have fit one anyway, she had found herself many times sneaking a peek at the frolicking unfettered nags in the fields near her trailer park. But something was always missing. Something she couldn't quite put her finger on. Something magical and thrilling which would make her horsey friends complete. A human upper half. She knows, realized Silmalarian with a shock, like the cruel bald in a slaughterhouse that sends an old stallion's head to the glue factory and the rest of him to a French restaurant. Nay, she can't. But she did. Somehow this plain human Jane could see through the magical disguise which made Silmalarian look like any ordinary burly human jock, with any ordinary six-pack and the usual shark-tooth necklace, concealing his enormous swollen quarters, his thick mane like a scarf of silk, his coarse but fine combed tail like the bell pulled in a stylish hotel and pull on it she wished she could, summoning something she wasn't sure what, but she craved it like the herd craves fresh water after crossing a desert. How she yearned to climb upon his unsaddled croup and ride him like nature intended, bareback, back without the sheath of a saddle between her girl flesh and his sweating torso area. As the stare continued between them, like a river carrying ice-cold salmon and water and promises and boats, something swelled in the great stallion's heart. Something greater than any human possessed. Something wild and horsey. Something rigid and proud. Although he knew, of course, that any girl transported to Centoria would be made instantly beautiful no matter how ordinary she seemed or actually was, there was something special about this girl. Something that even her retainer and leg braces and orthopedic shoes and the inches of goth makeup layered on to conceal her blistered pizza face could not conceal. Yes, he thought, stirring like a wedding dress in the wind. Perhaps she is the chosen one.